Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 154A, I guess, of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Isn't that confusing, the way that I do these podcasts? The reason I do A and B, and now apparently C last week or the week before whatever um i just thought it would be easy to do easy but my process the easiest way i can go about having a podcast is to put out an episode like this just solo earlier in the week and then one with a guest later in the week uh, the next couple days, for example, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to be on Hudson and Rex playing a SWAT team member. You ever watch Hudson and Rex? Because I'm burnt, right? They, they, they call it, you know, I'm, my, my face is burnt. In other words, I'm, I'm the villain, I think, or one of the villains in episode nine or 11 of season one. I can't remember Hudson and Rex. I'm sure it's on IMDB if you're curious. But, uh, so it's not like I can go back and act, right? Uh, so, but the acting union, once you get in, you get an email if you want. Right? Why wouldn't you? Um, you know, when anything comes down the docket whatsoever. So now that, I mean, I know the people at Hudson and Rex and I know when it's coming. So, I, you know, I, I, I play one of the SWAT team guys because my face is covered over. But just if, if any of you are curious how I go about doing these auditions, well, I have an agent now, the last few months in Toronto, ambition, talent. But uh, anything local, you know, they don't really, I mean, they they can pipe in, but, I, you know, I they pretty much let me seek out my own opportunities. If something's in Toronto that looks interesting or 
Like that show I was in made for revenge there uh, a couple weeks ago on Lifetime, was it? Uh, and that people ask me that should be out in Canada soon. Um, you know, they hooked me up with an audition there, but generally I just, you know, in, in Newfoundland, once you get in the union, at least I'm, I, I think it works like this everywhere, but I get an email telling me what's happening from background to main roles, like right up stuff that's coming in the next month, two months, three months sometimes. So, and you know, sometimes it's, like I said, I do lots of background. I find it easy work, keeps you on your toes when you're acting, but I go in, you know, if I got to go in and be hitch, I, I can't really do much else. I got to remember the lines or the plays or whatever it is that we're doing. But when you're not in a speaking role and, and much less an important one, you know, I go in there and in between takes, I'm, I'm lining up guests for my podcast. I'm uh, writing speeches, you know, whatever I'm, I have to do, I had to go up June 9th, roast Kevin Lowe, as I've mentioned, I, uh, do that stuff. So some people have asked me why I, I, I do the background. That's why now, luckily I'm, I've been given some great opportunities lately that I don't have to do that as much. And I'm relying more on, you know, like I said, the public appearances, meaning mostly public speaking, I'm going to Victoria the summer PEI. Um, like I said, Moncton next week. Moncton is golf tournament, July or June second and third. But anyway, I do do uh, other days. I'm also in the union as crew. I'm a set deck set set dresser, and uh, also a production assistant. Anyway. I'm indirectly answering questions. I get a lot of those questions about like, how did I start in the industry? Or Terry, like, I want to start. Uh, point me in a direction. You just, yeah. Some people actually, e like, email me legit, like, pages and pages saying that they have scripts and they want to come in and, and audition. I'm like, there's a process to it, right? I mean, even if there wasn't, I can't help you out. I'm not fucking casting. Casting would think I was fucking nuts if I called them and said, oh, I have a buddy on Facebook that wants to come in and be in Shorzy. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Stick to your job, right? That's it. But I, I get the passion, some people. But I, I, I think others, they just don't realize what goes into it. You know, I was five years crew. Jump how fucking high. I was locations. For those that know a film set, I was ADN and locations for five full years. Right? In my 30s, thinking like, you know, I'm not going to ever actually get in anything acting-wise worthwhile. I might I talk my way into some stunts. I thought there's, there's opportunities in St. John's now, but it was more for crew. Anyway, that just uh, I know I've told that story before, so apologies for those that have heard it. But I get a lot of questions. And my recommendation to you people, if, uh, if you're really looking at getting in the industry, depends where you live. Right? Depends where you live. If you live in Flin Flon, it's not going to be easy. If you live in Toronto, a lot easier. Right? And everything in between. Uh, but even if you live in Flin Flon, I don't know, educate yourself on it. Go online, take some courses. There's all kinds of, uh, you know, I, I tell you guys, I took some acting courses and I did when I went MUN as part of my folklore degree, Memorial University, that is. But um, there's all kinds of like little tips online and everything. I mean, you don't have to have a formal degree to try it, but it, it, it helps. It, I don't think you'll ever get an audition just calling. You got to be in the union for that. But you can do background. If you live in Toronto, I'd suggest 
Go to, uh, I think there's a, a site, an, a, an agency that only deal with background because I, I, background, oh God, just Google it, but it, BG for hire, maybe BG for hire. But I, that's what I did in Toronto for a lot of years. You know, I was crew and I'd go up there and I'd uh, just get a place somewhere down Queen Street, King Street, um, Ossington, you know, that, that, that kind of area and from, uh, if you're familiar with Toronto the annex i think they call it right down to queen king west that's usually where i would stay get to an airbnb maybe and uh you know work some crew work some bg and you get to learn that way you also you know sending me a message isn't really going to get you anywhere but if you if you go in and at least even just do bg you'll meet the directors and you'll i mean you're in the scenes you have to deal with them right and then it's more about casting directors but still you know if they go in and especially if you have a look a lot of the time, it's about a look. That's why I get so many things with the with my tooth being out of my head, right? I, I was going to fix it, but I'm often a gangster or a drug dealer or a bad guy, whatever, because it kind of goes hand in hand often with, you know, eh, he probably wouldn't have a tooth. Not always a hockey player, but it is often a look. So, like, do that and, you know, take, like I said, take some courses, put in some work, some time, and it'll happen organically. If you want, not everybody's going to be a, you know, a leading actor, nor, nor do a lot of people want to be. They just want to be in the industry. There's all kinds of things going on right now in Canada, all kinds in St. John's. If you want to be involved in the industry here, it's just, or anywhere. But, you know, that's that's my suggestion. Anybody can do BG, so that's the easiest way in. Now, I went to school and got a folklore degree. Yes, hardy har. I know it's funny. It's a ridiculous degree, but the part of that course, you know, there's a lot of crossover courses I learned. As I talked about, I talk often about anthropology and, you know, it's, it's almost like folklore crosses over with that. Like the history of social interaction and heritage and traditions and stories and, you know, things like that. But part of it, I could take some electives. I took drama, um, you know, acting, learning about a film set, like just the basics 101. There's books out there you can get. Uh, here in St. John's, those that are in the film industry know a guy, Mark O'Neill, camera guy. Now he's a big time producer and, uh, you know, he's gone a long way with it. One of my first days as an AD, he bought me a, uh, or he passed a book to me. I can't remember the name of it, but just Google it. It's everything an AD should know. AD is assistant director, but there's like five ADs. There's a pecking order. Uh, there's ADs that help on set, ADs that set up the trailers, uh, trailer, you know, the, uh, God, you know, the, they, they work out of the trailers, but they set up everything that goes on off the set. Uh, you know, there's a third AD on set that you often hear more from than the director. Uh, and then there's just a few ADs that are kind of gophers, for lack of a better way to put it. That's what I did for all that time. But anyway, put in the time, right? I know people might turn on Stranger Things and see that it's their favorite show and then automatically say, how can I get an audition? But that just isn't the way it works. <clears throat> but in, uh, if you're listening to this from Canada, I can't speak for everywhere, but there's lots of opportunities. Anyway, I am uh, rambling. I often talk about Video replays, you know, I had a bunch. I'm, I'm answering what I'm doing today is answering a few of your questions. 
And I'm picking just the ones that I get a lot. So this isn't specific to anybody either. I get all kinds of questions about the the, the video replays. And uh, some people are all for it. Some people are, are, are against it. Because I often speak about it when I go on these other shows. I believe I was talking about it on Jason Greger's show recently in Edmonton. Ryan Rashog, definitely it's come up. Uh, Jason Strudwick, uh, I hear, I listen to Overdrive, Merrick, Friedman, uh, Bourne, Kipper. And it often comes up one way or another, some discussion on replay. My opinion, I haven't, okay, let me start from a better place. Anything to do with a goal, like specifically the puck crossing the line, I I can't argue with that. I, I think maybe, I thought by now, this is going to sound maybe crazy as well, but I've heard it out there. I thought by now we'd have a chip in the puck to determine whether it went over the line or not. Really, that's an easy answer. Then you can kind of do away with the video replay, right? Or am I wrong? Uh, at least when, if the puck crosses the line. Of course, it crossed. We can hear the motion detector go off when the chip goes into the net, okay? Simple version of that. I just thought we'd be there by now so we wouldn't need as many video replays. Now, if someone bumps into the goalie or not, okay, uh, I'm fine with it being ref's discretion because now it seems that every third goal, you know, heaven forbid there's any contact whatsoever with the goalie's fucking strap. But I get it. I do get it. That might be me yelling at the clouds. Oh, man, yelling at the clouds. Okay. What I don't like is the offsides specifically. There's all, I, you know, without going on every fucking thing that can be called back during video replay. Those are the two biggest, right? And the, the to me, to me, I, I, okay, I don't ever remember as a player like being that mad over an offsides. It might have looked offsides, but in the end, guys, it was two inches offsides and our defensive zone coverage broke down. So, yes, I guess I could be mad that it's two inches offsides. But on the other hand, so-and-so, you know, I don't know, whoever, you know, put the puck in on a two-on-one that I caused because I pinched. So, really, like, you know what I mean? In other words, rarely, rarely as a player, and I played in every fucking league known to man, there's one thing as a suitcase you really pick up on is the culture of the game and senior and fucking lower levels and, and the NHL and, and the AHL and every fucking level. I've seen it. I've watched it. I've dealt with it. And very rarely does someone freak out and it's an ongoing level of anger about offsides. A goal, yes, if it went in or not, that's huge. But, and the offsides... What makes it so anticlimactic is that, you know, the play will go and it'll like, the, you know, the puck will go in and then you'll go, what? what? Why is this? Why are we looking at the video? And the offsides might have happened three minutes before that. There was just no whistle. So to me, it really takes away from the speed, the culture, the level of surprise, the level of competitive spirit in the game. Baseball's doing what it can to speed up the game. And I think by doing that hockey, which was already the fastest game, we didn't, we, we change on the fly. Think about that. If you didn't know hockey, Penny Lane, that stuck out to her when we went to watch. I didn't really think about that. No, I didn't grow up. She didn't grow up around hockey. She watches me. 
But when I actually took her to a Growlers game, and then you know, we, she knows hockey now. But I remember one of the first games we saw, she was like, I always wanted to ask you that. Like, you guys just go on and off at your own discretion, like while the game's playing. I, I've never heard of that. And I thought about it. I, I can't think of another sport that does it either. It's pretty wild. And now we're slowing it down. When a goal, like a home goal that goes in, like on the power play, nice up under the bar, everybody's happy, tic tac toe, fans are on their feet, the fucking music's playing, right? People have fucking already started the wave, and then wait, 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 slow it down. It might have been a tenth of an inch off sides three and a half minutes ago. That's what I don't like about it. And the other side, I mean, I've only ever seen one offsides that's blatant. It was that one. I think it was Matt Duchesne with Nashville like 10 years ago. It was so far offside. If that was happening all the time, I would say yes. But it's not. It's a blue line. Like, you know, it's unless it's blatant, really, the problem is that the fucking defending team, something broke down. Right? Now, anything to do with refereeing and, and, and a penalty or... Goalie interference or the puck crossing the line, I do find that different. Or or your your high stick. You know, those things, I've, okay, slow it down. But again, that would only happen so often. These And, and the other side of it with, with the offsides that I don't like is that It's only you can only do it one way. What if the ref? What if the linesman is wrong on the other side of things? What if he calls offside and it wasn't offside? Well, the play's just blown dead because it's already blown dead. But it's not like that way you can. It's not like you can just go. Oh no, 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 no! Keep playing. Sorry, I was wrong. Right. So it only gets corrected in the case that a goal goes in and it was missed. So it can only be corrected half the time, just by definition of the rule. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. With the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can bet on things like money line, puck line, over, under, and more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for complete offer details. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe that you definitely shouldn't sleep on are Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, all without breaking the bank. Spending less on earbuds means you don't have to worry about breaking the bank and are a great entry point if you're looking for your first pair of high-quality wireless earbuds. 
Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options, and right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. Plus, they have an easy and free return guarantee. Still not sure? They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few extra bucks, and they offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. But don't just take it from me, Raycon has over 50,000 five-star reviews, and it's easy to see why when you look at their great features like noise isolation and eight hours of playtime with their everyday earbuds. Plus, if you're looking for earbuds that you can wear at the gym, Raycon's earbuds are water and sweat resistant. Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com THPN. And I just, you know, I, I think we didn't need it. We didn't need... Uh, video replay for offsides. I just don't think we did. Maybe I'm wrong. Again, maybe I am. The first part of that argument, I sounded like an old man, but I think I'm saying this as a fan that wants to see the... Uh, I take pride in the speed of our game. I take pride in, in our fans, how they respect the game uh, and are, are very, you know, a, a, a hockey game that's packed especially in the stanley cup playoffs right is a is a great vibe and people are teetering they know a fight might happen there might be a goal it's going to be fast if it's close we might have overtime we might have four overtimes you're braced for whatever and fans t seem to be into it uh not saying fans in other sports aren't i just mean i you know in my experience playing pro hockey and going to a lot of pro hockey and like i said playing in all those leagues I really, I, when, when it's like anything, when fa fans can, you know, go to a game in the playoffs and you can see when there's momentum in the building and the fans carry that momentum. It means something. Yes, it does. Teams carry momentum, but the fans feed off that. And if it's a fast game, if it's a fast game both ways, the fans will get into it, right? In hockey and, and sure enough, if it's close, you'll hear your chirps. And, and you know, if you got a good radio guy or a, public address announcer, you know, and whoever does the DJing and all that shit, you know, it can be a big-time atmosphere. And then a goal gets called back to make it like one nothing midway through the game by the home team. Finally, something happened. Fucking firecrackers are going off, cannons if you're in Columbus, whatever. People are dancing, fucking hauling oats around the fucking loudspeaker. But boom, sorry. It was a fraction of a fucking inch offside three and a half minutes ago. No, I don't like. Uh, Sheila, Sheila from Saskatchewan. Not sure where Sheila writes and asked me what I think I what I don't like about the game and what I would change about the game. So I suppose the video replay would have been one of the things on the offsides, at least. And I just talked about that. I think that's the same question, Sheila. What do I not like about the game and what would I change? I'm reading that as the same question. So 
you know what? And you're, this is going to be out of left field. I also don't think the game is as bad off as a lot of people. I do think like the things that are obvious, I can't believe, like I can't believe you can actually say, it kind of hit the goalie and, and not have to fight afterwards. That's different. And I, uh, sometimes I get almost jealous of the crowd today that gets to come up. Like I can't imagine how much easier it would have been in the slot if I played today. A lot of people go, oh yeah, you guys were slow, look. We were a product of whatever was going on around us, the equipment, the training. I don't think it would be any fucking different. And by the way, I played against Pavel Bure and fucking Sergei Fedorov. I played with Saku Koivu and Valerie Bure, and there's nobody faster. It's not like, you know, I mean, skates might have gotten a little lighter and equipment and stuff, but there's there's nobody telling me, I, I don't care what you say, Sergei Fedorov, you know, he's going to be one of the fastest in the game today. He definitely would be. Uh of course, I think the game sped up and everything. As much rule changes and the other stuff as well. I mean, people do train a little bit more specific, harder. You know, there's definitely less booze than it seems. Uh, but still, the human body did not change. And the things might have been slightly different. Uh, you know, that's like anything, by the way. But generally, I think the game is in a decent place. The things that I, again would tweak it, it just come almost with the culture of it all i i i'm just surprised i, I guess it, it's a different breed if, if 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 someone scores and goes by your bench and like wipes it in your face or like hits your goalie i don't understand how in a game that allows some level of pushback there's not more of that like i just I, you could I, I could be this could be the year fucking 300 i could be in a russian or a Roman gladiator setting, or soccer, or fucking basketball, or ho hockey. They allow it. I've wanted to do it in soccer. It's not hockey. If someone does that, you can go out and drop your gloves and get a five-minute penalty for being a bad boy, and then come out of the box and everything's cool. In regular life, in any other sport, you might be arrested for it. And knowing that. For someone to come by your bench and like wipe it at you and fucking chirp you and like really dig at your family or whatever it might be and go spit at your goalie and spear your goal. I just can't understand how any human with some level of pride, especially personal, but team pride, and that's what you're taught, wouldn't, you know, um, react to that. But again, that's not something I can change. That's the people that are playing it and whatever. It's still a real fast game. It's still the most physical of all the sports. Us old guys might fucking complain sometimes. Oh, there's not enough fights. So there's not, you know, I get that things changed. And, but it's still way more. I mean, there's hundreds of fights every year. There's body checks like open. I well, talk, talk to Jacob Truba. What he's doing is no different to me than Scott Stevens. Like he's fucking hammering guys right so the game really isn't that a lot of people that you know and i i do understand it there's things that you want to change about it but even then there was what if you, if your favorite era was 95 there even then there were things that you wanted you, you you were saying fuck i wish they wouldn't hook and hold mario lemieux as much guys like that that are like that they're brilliant to watch and like some fucking chump like me can just chase them around and rape them on the ice ski behind them 
We used to call it, put your fucking hook right in their belly, and you could ski behind them. Like you could have the toy, no penalty. That had to change. It did. Opened it up a bit, no? The speed, because of that, right? The, the physicality dropped off a bit. But hockey, it's all a spectrum, it's a pendulum. And I really, really don't think we're in a bad place now. Always could be better, but, you know, I like anything. I'm happy with my sport and I'm proud of it now. The change isn't so much rules. I'm watching the playoffs. I think I brought this up a couple of podcasts ago, but it was going into the first or second overtime last round, and they pulled Max Domi aside. And, you know, they interviewed him. And I just, I know it's great that hockey players do that. Like getting interviewed during the game, if you think about it, is really rare. Look at all the other sports. Look at all the other sports. Now imagine a big-time playoff game and pulling a guy or a girl aside in the middle of all that intensity. And especially overtime, man. You had to get down to the fucking room and get your gel packs, replenish your electrolytes, fucking get some water in you, focus, rehydrate, cool down, get a cool cloth, put it. You only got so much time to do it. The first three the, 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 the first intermission and the second intermission are planned by the team, by the league. So there's X amount of time, there's cheerleaders going out, there's shirts being shot up into the fucking stands, there's games out on, they're playing fucking human bowling or whatever they're doing, right? But the overtime intermissions aren't like that. They want to get the game like the other. Did you see fucking the, the other night went into fourth overtime? Look how much time between like the third and the fourth overtime. Like fucking 12 minutes. They get off. They just want to, you know, it's like fucking midnight. They want the game over. The, the, the fans, I couldn't believe as many stayed as they did. But like, you know, if you're a player, you don't want to be given an interview in that situation. At least, I mean, I was pretty easy to fucking please, but. God, I don't know. My, my, I'm thinking of my mindset and each, like, going to the ball hockey Masters Worlds again in August. And I got to be honest, that's ball hockey. But I'll have my fucking Canada jersey on, and if someone bothers me going into overtime, I got to be honest. I want to say, go fuck yourself. I just can't, you know, I don't like it. Not during the game. There's a time for me, it's it's it's... All good. I'll, I'll, I'll joke. I'll laugh. That's my approach. When people say leadership in the room, mine, anybody who plays with me would definitely know that it's to keep the guys loose because I hated anxiety before. I hated thinking about it, and especially these big games, they can freak you out. No matter what they are, it might be a world championship. It might be the AHL playoff game. It might be your first NHL game. And anything playoff game is big if you're a team sport guy or a girl, right? Those are big moments. So I just try to calm everybody down because I want to be calmed down. And it's usually comedy or whatever. Other people lead in very, very different ways. Very, very different ways. Um, some are just, you know, like leaders are real focused. They don't speak a lot, but when they do, you listen. It takes, uh, you know, takes all kinds, really. I, I, I just mean that that's... That's my approach, but once the game starts, the key's turned, and my head is locked. It is locked in. It's focused. I've taught myself that through great teammates. I was joking with Connor Donahue yesterday. You know, I came back. For most of the 2010s, people are going to laugh, but ball hockey means a lot to me, and we got Team Newfoundland, and we went to the Nationals every year. We won it in 2010. We had Teddy Purcell, Adam Party, who were in the NHL at the time. 
half the team was playing pro. We come back, we take it serious, right? It's a good, great way to train ball hockey. I don't mean on the side of the street either. I mean like sanctioned leagues that, you know, you play in ice hockey rinks. Uh, those who don't know what I'm talking about, you, honestly, you should look into it if you're interested. Anybody can run, man. So ball hockey's possible right off the bat. You, ice hockey, you got to know how to skate. In, in, in ball hockey, you can go out and join a league. There's all levels, A, B, C, D, and E, all over Canada, all over the world. Game's really growing. But we go every year, man, and we really take it serious. And uh, Zach O'Brien, Cody Donahue, Marcus Power, Connor Donahue, you know, the, that group from Newfoundland that came up, and Chris Sparks, slightly older than them, and Teddy and those guys. You know, I've, I've, I've based a lot, played a lot of my career now with those guys when it comes to international ball hockey or, or, or ice hockey on a senior level. Uh, watch them, scouted them, watch them go up to the queue and do their thing. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, playing with Damon Lankow, I mean, that guy, icy cold veins, man, he nothing cracked. He didn't crack under pressure. He was such a great leader. He didn't say much. Uh, you know, the NHL, Vincent Tom Foose, Pierre Turgeon, Saku Koivu, Shane Corson, Mark Recchi. You know, I've learned that these that the thing that all these people have in common, Shane Corson's loosey-goosey like me, get everybody kind of going. Mark Recchi's a little more serious in the room. Jesse Wall and I had a junior was my captain, very captain serious, I'd call him. <clears throat> Jonathan Taves. But what everybody has in common is that once the game starts, the game starts, man. We went to all those ball hockey and I saw Zach O'Brien in, in the third period in a, in a national ball hockey championship is no different than when he led the queue in scoring. Just, you know, we're here now, T-Bone. Let's, let's fucking focus. Uh, and I love that about sports. You know, everybody has that on their mind. It's a team. It's a team game. Let's do it. So long way around it. I was just kind of rambling, but you guys know that, that I do that anyway. But, uh, yeah, so that, that's what I really would, would, if I had to change something about the package of the playoffs when it comes to TV, entertainment, radio, whatever it would be is, you know, maybe before the game, warm-up's fine. But these interviews during the game, especially in the playoffs and especially in overtime, I just, uh, I think, I think it's unnecessary. Uh, of course, there's other little things that I would uh, change if I could, but uh, nothing significant. Like I said, I love our game. I like sports in general, you know. I watched. I think what a great time for that. The Jays are, even though they're tanking a little bit, but they're they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> uh, from my perspective, uh, I like watching the Jays. I mean, they're Canada's team, but uh, really, baseball this year is interesting. For those that follow, they they sped it up a little bit. There's a pitch count. There's no more shift. There's a lot of things that really intrigue me. I love watching baseball, more so at the field than anything, like going to live games. And the Jays really, really improved their the Rogers Center. I still call it the Skydome. Anyway, listen, we're going to be back in a few days. Wednesday, Thursday, like I said, I'm SWAT team on Hudson and Rex. So the podcast won't come out till well, I'll record it Friday. So it'll probably be on Friday later in the afternoon or Saturday. And I believe we're going to have Tessa Bonham. I, I believe if, if the schedules works, if the schedule works out, uh, that's what we'll do. And uh, if not, we'll have her on real soon. 
Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If you're downtown this weekend, if you're in St. John's, why not check out the Trinity Pub? Why not check out TJ's, Rob Roy Confusion, Martini Bar, Greensleeves Pub, and Bull and Barrel. That's where I like to go to wet my whistle. And uh, But there's lots of great places downtown. Just check it out. If you're going to go for a bite to eat, why not do it at Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, and Wedgwood Cafe. Uh, that's where I like to go most for my meals. But uh, like I said, check it out. Summer's just getting here. It was a little late. We got some nice weather now here in St. John's. Hopefully we can pick up on that. I just had an awesome weekend. i tell you why. Because I started working out recently at Ryan Powers Power Conditioning, and I still feel great. I started in November, and I did it for Shorzy for Season 2, and I'm going to keep going because Ryan is awesome at what he does. Strength and balance for the body and mind. Ryan Power Power Conditioning, Rope Walk Lane, St. John's, folks. If you need to go to Mr. Lube, there's now two locations in St. John's. One's on Torbay Road, one's on Camout Road. Live, laugh, lube. Pitbull Pain Relief, pitbullpainrelief.com. The pain sticks that just won't quit. If you're like me, you're an aging athlete, and you like playing, you still got some pop in your step, but you've got some aches in those muscles, aches in those joints. Get Pitbull Pain Relief, get a pain stick. Trust me, I swear by them. I started using them a few years ago, and I pretty much use one every day. This has been episode 154A. We'll be back in just a couple of days. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. I'll catch you guys on the rebound.